Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Gary and Jesse Talk About Stuff podcast, now in color. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. Sometimes I like to put it in black and white. I feel like that gives us more of a, uh, like, industrial radio arts kind of feel right. or something like that, but right. we're we- presenting... In color today. There's there's very little about us that has an industrial retro awesome feel. Good I, point. I think it's just two dudes being like, "Hey, let's do this. Hey, let's try a podcast. Let's see what happens." Okay, so, let's do a podcast. Yep, we did. Yeah. So welcome to the Gary and Jesse Talk About Stuff podcast, where we quite literally talk about stuff. It's not just a clever name. We talk a little bit about movies. Yep. We talk a little bit about books. We talk a little bit about theology. We talk a little bit about Bible basics. I want to get your take on this video I saw from guys named Jesse Walhoff and Jamie Negas. Mm. We did a Bible basic thing. Yeah, one of those um, guys is cool. It was kind of awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, one of them was cool. One yeah. of them was, eh. It's probably the one wearing shorts. We'll leave like, it up man. to... <laughs> there was a comment made as it was on our television. Yeah. Uh, I believe it was Sarah. Somebody walked in. One of the kids walked in. Why is he wearing shorts? It's the <laughs> middle of winter. <laughs> so they didn't catch on to a lot of your, like, theology. They were right. just more paying attention to the shorts. Right. They're like, dude, it's 25 below. It is Come on, dude. It's on. 25 below. I, oh, I keep forgetting to kiss the mic. I turn away. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk a little bit about sermon series. We're going to talk a little bit about this season that we're in, which we call Lent. And we'll talk about why Lent and where Lent and how Lent and all good things Lent. And then that'll probably culminate in some Easter plans and what the hope is for that and all that kind of good stuff. But all of it somehow, some way connects to Jesus Christ. Uh, All of the rabbit trails we chase, all of the little things that we decide to talk about for 10 minutes and then you get bored with and you tune out, somehow that wraps into the umbrella of Jesus Christ. Does that make sense, Jesse? Absolutely. If uh, if you come to a close understanding of Jesus in any part of your life, then uh, we have done our job and Christ is further glorified. Absolutely. Um, I do think it's entertaining that you said, uh, you know, what is Lent? When is Lent? That kind of, you know, why is Lent? Mm-hmm. And that brought up something that I just watched this weekend. Which awesome. Is one of the... Uh, one of the uh, Marvel movies, it's Guardians of the Galaxy. No, excuse me, it's Infinity War, the first one mm-hmm. uh, from, uh, yeah, the Avengers Infinity War. <laughs> I think I know where you're and going. It does. So they're like, it's Peter Quill. He's sitting there and he goes, where is Gamora? And then Thor goes, who is Gamora? I'll do you one better. And then <laughs> Drax. Drax is on the ground. He goes, I'll do you one better. Why is Gamora? <laughs> I do love that scene, and in fact, that's a scene that gets referenced at our household, uh, because if somebody goes down that trail at all, like, why are we doing this? I'll do you one better. When are we doing this? I'll do you one better. What are we doing this? Who are we doing this? Like, what? (laughs) And it makes absolutely no sense, and that's our family wrapped up in a nutshell. I love that so incredibly much. That's That's a fun line. In fact, I think I saw this article somewhere. That may have been one of the ad-libs. Like, I remember seeing somewhere... Uh, some of the ad lib stuff through Guardians of the Galaxy, through Avengers, yeah. and the one that comes to my mind, especially, uh, I think it's Guardians of the Galaxy. Peter Quill is holding the, yeah, the orb, orb, and he ends up dropping it, yeah. and that's just perfectly fit. 
and this line too. I think that was him yeah. ad libbing. So let's give some props to yeah. Chris Pratt. Yeah, Chris Pratt and Dave Batista. Right. Dave Batista's that's alive. true. So right. Props to those guys. And that's kind of like he wasn't originally an actor, was he? Like, wasn't he a wrestler no, or Dave, something like that? Dave actually, Dave Batista. I'm talking like I know the guy. Oh, yeah. Dave. <laughs> we should have him on the podcast. Yeah, I'll just call up Dave. Call Batista. him up a second. So he actually started as a WWE wrestler in 2000, uh, 2002. How about that? And uh, he was WWE champion several times. Nice. Before that, he was a bouncer. He actually broke into wrestling late. He was about 35 or 40 when he broke into wrestling. Which is different for wrestlers because they're kind of usually in it for a while. Like, yeah. look at Dwayne The Rock Johnson and all that kind of good stuff. Yep. Um, what's your level of experience with WWE, wrestling, the world like that? Like I love wrestling. You were into all that growing up and I stuff? I love wrestling. I could yeah. probably tell you every single champion from 1997 to 2002 in both uh, the WCW and WWF at that time. And then, yeah, I, I know I watched wrestling all throughout what was then the Attitude Era and then the Ruthless Aggression Era and then the PG Era. And mm. now we're in the New Age Era. And I have no I idea it. what those letters were that you said. <laughs> the <laughs> only thing I know is uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson... Um, it was actually, it was kind of big when I was like, let's say 12, 13, 14. Yep. Uh, cause that would have been what, like Stone Cold, Stephen Austin, yep. a couple of those kind of guys. Yep. Like, was that about that time? That was about that time. And there was two factions all the way through grade school and early high school. You're either a WWF guy or WCW guy. So if you were WWF, you were Stone Cold and The Rock and oh, Mankind yeah. and The Undertaker. And if you were WCW, you were Goldberg and, uh, you know, the NWO and Kevin Nash and uh, Sid Vicious and all that. Yeah, because wasn't there like a, uh, oh, yeah, NWO, New World Order, they were going to, like, revolutionize it or mm -hmm. something like that. Yep. Uh, let me ask you this. How much was, like, was any of that real? <laughs> or was it all, like, an act? Obviously, it's a money grab on a bunch of it. Like. Yep. Were there hurt feelings and all that kind of stuff? So, so there's. This is how nerdy I am about. All right, wrestling. I want to hear the. Let's hear it. Uh, wrestlers have different terms for different things. They so if it's there's something called a work and something called a shoot. All right. Okay. So a work is uh, where you are basically going through the motions, faking it, kind of like theater. A shoot is when it's real life, right. like a real fight. So most of the stuff that goes on in the WWE is work, mm -hmm. uh, but sometimes uh, they'll do shoot interviews and they'll have shoot fights and that right. kind of stuff, but 85% uh, of it is a work. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Which so. makes me really interested to hear, like, so which one has done, quote-unquote, the best? Like, if you would say, because obviously they don't want to stick around in that game forever. No. Most of them, no. anyways. And the path seemed to be get out of it so that you can become like an actor so you can become an action superhero star or whatever yep in my mind it's got to be Dwayne Johnson doesn't it it's like he's kind of he's one of the top 3 right I, the other two Who's that the other one the other well actually he's one of the top 4 the other four surprisingly John Cena is in all kinds of stuff now. Yeah, we watched a animated movie where he was a voice, there and we go. were like, "Wow, I didn't know that guy was uh, doing that." Yep, he's yep. a big actor, right? And before him, uh, in the golden era of the wrestling, was uh, Hulk Hogan, obviously. Right. Oh, good point. Yeah, he was yep. involved in all sorts of movies. 
you know, Suburban Commando, that kind of stuff. Right, right. And even before him was Andre the Giant. Oh, uh, nice pull. Yep. Princess Bride. Princess Bride. Right. And uh, he was a superstar known the world over, even outside of wrestling. That's so. pretty awesome. Yeah. I just Googled uh, top earning wrestlers, and not that we can, like, base it all on how much money they make, but obviously their longevity has something to do with how much money they make. Yep. So here's the top ten richest wrestlers of all time. I should give uh, credit where credit is due. This is from sportshow.net, the so top ten wrestlers of all time. Top, top ten richest or top ten wrestlers? Top ten richest. Gotcha. So this is just solely basing on money. Yep. Uh, but obviously that has something to do with how long they stick around. Yep. Uh, Chris Jericho, number ten. Great wrestler. Big Show, number nine. Yep, also. Kurt Angle, number eight. Yep, makes sense. Triple H, number seven. I remember him. Yeah, he's a... Uh, he he's was the one that had that movement that's not nice to do, like no, you do the, the boom, the, the, the cross. Yep, 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 yep. That guy was kind of funny. Yep. Stephanie McMahon, number six. Might also, be the only female on here. Well, who's also Triple H's wife. I didn't know that. The daughter of the guy who owns the company. All right, so there has to be some crossover there between, oh, yeah. like, hey, like, we're yeah. not cool, we are cool. Like, there, I bet there's some crossover there. There's some tension. Yeah. Number five, Scott Hall. I have uh, no idea who that I is. I love Scott Hall. Tell me, uh, here's one little fact, uh, where he was born. Tell me where he was born. Uh, couldn't tell you where he was born. Oh, we stumped Jesse. But I can tell you exactly what his finishing move was. That's the most important thing. That's the most important thing. He was born in Maryland. Really? Yeah, how about that? Interesting. Born in Maryland. That guy has an interesting story. Two-time world champion. Has tons of drug problems and got sober in 2013, finally. Wow. With the help of DDP. Pretty cool story, I'm sure. Absolutely. He's also, it says here, the founder member of the New World Order. Yep, the NWO. Is. How about Him that? Kevin Nash. Yeah. Way to go, guy. Yeah. John Cena, number four. Yep. And in the picture, he's like, his veins are like popping out, and it looks fairly unhealthy. Just... Wow, the dude! Of steroids those guys eat. I wonder how much, uh, yeah, enhancers there are and that kind of stuff. Yep. Uh, number three, Steve Austin. He was the one who would like chug a beer and throw it yeah. at people, right? That was him. Yep, yep. Third favorite wrestler of all time. Uh, number two is Dwayne Johnson. I really thought he was going to be number one. Mm, yep. You know what's impressive to me about Dwayne Johnson? Uh, going down the movie trail, uh, Sarah. Or maybe Abby, one of the girls, loves the game plan mm-hmm. where he's like a quarterback and he finds out he has a daughter. And it's just a heartwarming Disney story. Yep. And also he's in like Baywatch. And you compare yeah. those two like physical types, it looks like a completely different guy. When you watch him wrestle in WrestleMania 17 and 19, whatever it was, uh-huh. 1999 or whatnot, and you see him today... Man, is this guy jacked like, today. It's different. Wow. He's way different. He looks like a way different person. I right, agree with you. Right. And I bet I know who number one is on this list. You say it. Vince McMahon. You are correct, yep. sir. Owns, Vince McMahon. Owns the WWE. He uh, was pulling a lot of strings, right? Mm-hmm. Let's go down this road. He also started the XFL, didn't he? That he did. And that was a burnout. And I watched a documentary on it. It was very interesting. Yeah. Because he yeah. had a lot of pride that mm-hmm. kind of led to the not working of the XFL, right? Him and uh, Dick Ebersol from NBC. Oh, they, yeah. They went 50-50 on it. And uh, the problem 
The problem is with that league, it was supposed to appeal to wrestling and football fans, but right. it appealed to neither. Right. So, you know, what do you do? You can't, you can't You can't. inject uh, wrestling storylines into football plays. That's I, I feel like happen. it's got to be a separate thing, right? Well, number one, and I often question this with wrestling, too. Like, how do you script some of this stuff? Like, it's so physical, yeah. and you're, like, doing so many things. There's a little bit of reality that's going to just sneak its way in. Yeah. And I think if you try to do that with football, obviously, like, you don't know which way the ball is going to bounce. Right. But wasn't McMahon kind of trying to play that a little bit? Like, hey, we want this team yep. to be the bad guy. We want this team to be the good guy. And kind of going down that road a little bit. Yeah, that's exactly it. In wrestling terms, they call it a face and a heel. Right. A baby face and right. the good guy and a heel is the bad guy. Right. He wanted certain teams to be a face. Right. And you can't do that. There's there's no predicting some of the reality that's going to happen in football, right? E exactly it. So it just kind of fell and that. I like Vince. He's a good dude. Seems like a business guy. He is very much a business guy. He's, yeah. He's got a lot of wins, but he's got some serious fails, too. So there's a life lesson there, too, which I saw in that documentary. Like, you got to swing for the fences sometimes. Yeah. Um, and failure teaches you a quite a bit of things, right? And if you can learn from those, that's how you're going to succeed. Yep. That's how you're going to become a more well-rounded person having a couple failures on under your belt. So um, Stone Cold is my third favorite wrestler. My yeah. second favorite wrestler is Rowdy Rowdy Piper. And he had a great quote. I think it was him from Vince McMahon. He mm -hmm. said, he is a millionaire but should have been a billionaire. Oh, wow. Because, That's interesting. you know, with all of the swings for the fences that he did, he right. lost literally millions of dollars in right. some of those things. I'm sure. But at the same time, you kind of go, if you wouldn't have swung for the fences, would you be in the position you're in to basically right. own the wrestling world? Right, and so where where could he have played it safe or whatever? Right, uh, a total net worth of seven hundred and fifty million. Yeah, he also owns and lives in Greenwich Mansion, which is reportedly worth forty million dollars. Yep, how about that? Yep, that's impressive. Here's a couple of uh, honorable mentions: Hulk Hogan. Yep, and Undertaker. Yep. Uh, they also have huge fortunes that they build as far as wrestling is concerned. Uh, WrestleMania XXVIII was aired on 38. April 1st, yep. 2012. Yep. And that met $70 million in pay-per-view. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. a lot. So there's what I always find interesting is the stories behind wrestlers. Right. So like, you know, Hulk Hogan and The Undertaker, that's not their real names. Their real names are Terry Bollea and and Mark Calloway. I don't know if I knew Hulk Hogan's real name. Yeah. Nice job. Thanks. Terry hey. So if you listen to our podcast, you're going to find out something. You're going to learn something. Every single time. And there something. you go. There it was. But Terry Bollea and Mark Calloway, those are their names respectively. And, yep. and you you got to think that portraying a character for so long, for 200 and some odd days on the road, right. on one hand, and then having a home life under a complete different uh persona right how do you merge those two that's what always fascinates it's me like the alter guys. ego kind of thing right and this and that like you're both people and all that jazz um i'm sure you watched this it was uh the wrestler with mickey rourke yeah and very interesting movie and some weird things and good things and bad things and all that in there uh but it was basically that kind of struggle wasn't it yeah. like he has this persona and you have to live up to it 
especially considering most of those personas are wild, carefree guys like mm-hmm. Steve Austin chugging the beer or whatever. Mm-hmm. How do you live up to that when that is so crazy of a lifestyle? You can't do that. Yeah. It, I would even argue some of, like, actors or whatever, like, um, a lot of the tagline is often, like, oh, yeah, you can live crazy, you can drink what you want, eat what you want, and still be, like, ripped like Dwayne Johnson or, or whatever. Like, no, you can't. No. Like, you, you have to choose. Like, Tom Brady, we talked about this, he doesn't eat 80% of the food that's available. Like, you right. eat one thing, yep. and you end up getting that healthy and all that kind of stuff. So, to go back down where we were going, how do you balance that? How do you live that lifestyle and still show the world what they want to see? You know, and it, I don't know, maybe maybe it's just me, but it, it just seems that at some point when those two realities converge, mm, mm-hmm. that you can go one of two ways. You can either lose yourself and go complete nuts, mm, right? Or you embrace it and it just and you and you become it. Become it, right? Um, right. So a guy named the Ultimate Warrior, mm-hmm. uh, James Hellwig, he's my favorite wrestler. He lost it. Mm-hmm. He changed his name in 1996 to Warrior from wow. in real life. Right. His wife to this day refers to him as Warrior. Wow. And he just lost the trolley. Right. And, and I mean, some of his rants on YouTube in the early 2000s were just out there. And you go, that is what happens when you lose your sense of identity because of the trappings of both fame and persona. You become overwhelmed by it, yeah. right? And yep. don't you think, like, this is in that same conversation of some of the NFL stuff in terms of like head injury, in terms of not being able to control your violence in one place and not let it come into the other realm of your world. Like I forget which podcast it was I was listening to, but like basically we're telling these athletes, these people, yeah, go crazy on the field. Like just be ruthless and then turn it off. Yeah. Yeah. And some minds, can't do that no. i think and that's that's not safe obviously and then there's a whole context of what head injuries do like all of that kind of jazz like that's a really deep well that we could yeah keep digging in i suppose you're you're working towards basically trying to kill somebody for three and a half hours on a sunday right and then for the rest of the week it's okay turn it off use right. that aggression for right. three and a half hours right uh, you know 17 weeks out of the year right and then you're telling people to be normal and have a home life yeah i don't know man and so how do we balance that even because yeah it's not it's a train that's not going to stop um i've heard this example and maybe this is too far-fetched but Yeah, look at the way the gladiators, like Russell Crowe, that movie he portrayed, go and fight a lion or go and do this or that. Like, are we that far off of the ones that sit in the sands and watch lions fighting people and that kind of thing? I mean, I don't don't think it's any coincidence that the rise of or the fall of wrestling has coincided with the rise of the UFC. Ah, right. You know, I mean... There's still something in us that wants to see people beat each other we up, right? We want to see blood. And so how how does that get, quote, unquote, satisfied or whatever? Yep. And then you start going down the, what we talked about yesterday was the righteous path or whatever. Yeah. And 
that's not healthy. That's not good to see that blood or to see that fight, to see that violence. Mm-hmm. So why why is it such a draw? Yeah. Um, you could even take this step into violent movies. I finally watched, I think you would be proud of me for this because you, I think, told me one time you loved this, uh, the first Expendables movie. Great film. I fell asleep, by the yeah. way, because uh, <laughs> every movie I'm going to fall asleep. But yeah. we watched that. I watched that because I wouldn't, wasn't going to let the kids and whatever. Yeah. But wow, violence upon totally. violence upon violence. Yep. And looked pretty fake, obviously. Like, it is what it is, that kind of movie. Like, yep, it's just a it's violent a movie. Cheap, People are going to beat each other up, and yep. that's what they're going for. Yep. And at some point, I was like, wow, like, this is just yucky. Like, it's just, I didn't feel good after seeing it. I didn't feel like, oh, I accomplished something or whatever. It yep. was just, oof Like, you kind of have to, like, shake off the, like, yep. oh, man, that's a lot, it's, right? It's, y- some of those you have to watch, and it's tongue-in-cheek. Like, it's just right, kind of, right, okay, right. it's just silly. Right. right. Fair enough. Like, it was to me, above and beyond just being yeah. crazy. To me, The Expendables is so over the top, it's almost a comedy. It's fake, yeah, right, so right, right, like, right. That's awesome Agreed. and hilarious. Right, right. There are other movies that I've seen. Uh, one of my favorite films of all time, mm-hmm. for a completely different reason, is Requiem for a Dream. And it's Heard, yeah. all about drug addiction, right? And right. what these people go through for drug addiction, and it is mm-hmm. absolutely horrifying, right? But I can, you know, I can, I know people who have been in that life, right? And, you know, to some extent, I've been in that life, right? And um, not to the extent that they were, obviously, right? Right. But to me, it's like, man, what a good reminder of what reality is behind some of those choices, right? But it's so good, but I can't watch it more than once every couple of years because it's that horrifying. Right, It's right. that horrifying. And isn't that the, uh, we just went through this a couple weeks ago, uh, transform, don't be conformed. Yeah. And so is it Paul that also says be in the world, but don't be of the world? Like, mm-hmm. So obviously all of this stuff, and you could go a number of ways with this, not just violence, but... Uh, swear words or what gets said around here around there what gets thought at the office or whatever like all of these things it's there it's around us a hundred and ten percent and so how do we put up the boundaries so to speak that can keep us away from it and yet i don't think maybe some of us are called to this but i don't think we're called to like be the monk who separates themselves from society completely right because then there's no interaction right and then there's no us rubbing off on them kind of thing yeah is there a line there is there a balance there like where do you find that there's there's got to be a line and i think the balance comes from both reading the scripture and discernment and the holy spirit trying to figure out what your task is in that reality that god calls you to right uh uh Sting, right? He's right. a wrestler. He didn't become a Steve Borden is his name. He didn't become a Christian until 2002, 2003, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden he becomes a Christian and he goes and he talks to the guys in the in the back, right, in the locker room about Jesus. That's his ministry. And there's a you know, and there's a and crowd that only he could speak to, exactly, because we couldn't walk into that room and no. say, "Hey, let me tell you about Jesus." Like it's just not going to fit. No, there, exactly. there's not going to be an on ramp there. And he has that on ramp. Yep. So part of that is using the what man meant for evil, yeah. God is going to use for good. Yep. 
Like that's the whole Joseph thing too, right? Yep, and I respect that. Right. You know, guys like that, they can do that and go, well, you know what, I've been part of this life and I've lived it sinfully, but God has chosen me to redeem it so I can right. go redeem the life. Right. You know? Yeah, and that's an amazing calling. And that's, mm-hmm. I was also going to mention, um, don't forget to kiss the mic. Yep. Um, I was also going to mention at some point we're going through this relationship goals book, this Michael Todd thing. Yep. And he mentions a couple of times um be very, very interested in the passage of uh, don't have unequal yoke. Uh, don't uh, become someone you're not so that the relationship can begin. Because I think that's a huge marriage thing, of course. Like, that's the whole uh, believer, unbeliever, how thin ice that is when that becomes a relationship. Yeah. But that also has something to do with what we were just talking about, like simple friendship, simple reaching out. There's a very, very uh, thin ice, danger zone, yellow flag kind of thing when you start saying, oh, I'm doing this so that I can minister. I'm doing this so that I can be a part of that. Like, uh, be so, so careful, right? Like, that's the whole unequal yoke kind of thing, I suppose. Absolutely right. There's a a great example. Um, Some people that I know, uh, they are against human trafficking, Mm, right? mm -hmm, And what they do is they go into... Uh, strip clubs and talk to the the ladies who are on the stage right and tell them about jesus mm-hmm. and there's females who do it and they go up to them and they create relationships sure. and that kind of stuff because you know that's a that's an area that needs mm-hmm. some jesus mm-hmm. man that's, that's something nice. that yep. we can't do right you know that's right. at least that's something that i can't do right and so it's just so dangerous for a guy to be in there anyways exactly. right so and all of that kind of stuff that's some of the discernment oh, right it's like that's that's where they are meant for that ministry. We are not. That is the right. That's that's the fine line. That's the fine line. And don't you think I said this a couple times yesterday? I can't remember where or when. Um, but I think maybe this is maturity in Christ. I always want to have answers to things like that, and I always want to say, "Well, this is what they should do, or this is what they shouldn't do." Man. That's Holy Spirit work. Like, yeah. Holy Spirit has to be speaking to them. Holy Spirit has to tell them, hey, don't do that or do do that. Yeah. I can't speak into that. I can't be the one that says do or don't because I don't know the context. Right. I don't know what has gone on, what is going on. Right. Holy Spirit does. And some of that, to not jump completely into sermon yesterday, but some of that is trust. Yeah. Like, simple trust. Allowing that God is working allowing that he is in authority, that means I don't have to have every answer, even though I want to. My human nature says I got to figure this out, mm-hmm. but I can't, right? Yep. It means understanding in what God wants you to do, but also understanding what your triggers are, too. Right, because right. Because I... It's allowing Holy Spirit to speak to that. Exactly, because it's mm-hmm. such a small line between, um, you know, I'm going to go to talk to the guys at the bar right. uh, because that's ministry, and having four and driving home. Right. You know what I right. mean? Like, yep. that's, it's right there you oh, yeah. constantly. You know, so when I do it, I go with a group of guys. Right. That I know and trust. Yep. Holding each other accountable, and we go there for a purpose. But it's, even then, it's, it's, it's a fine line. You're constantly, okay, where are we at on this? So whatever context you're in, you always have to watch and use discernment. So. And that's Holy Spirit work. Yep. And that's not our work, right? Yep, exactly. What are you doing over there? I was trying to play an elephant blowing a trunk. <laughs> that uh, 
I felt like the only logical way to wrap up our deep, deep discussion on Holy elephant. Spirit discernment yeah. was to hear an elephant. There it was. There it was. That it was, was a very, very poor elephant. That was the worst elephant I've ever I was heard. Not happy with that elephant. That that was. A wow. Did that lion just eat that sick elephant from the first <laughs> from the first clip? <laughs> was that the first elephant dying? And I think so. Ele- I think that elephant is it. now dead. Wow. That's right. not going to work anymore. Man, so. I really thought that was going to play just perfectly into our discussion. FYI, I watched Dumbo the other day. What a sad movie. The live action Speaking or the, of, no, old. the cartoon? Speaking of elephants. What happened there? I know. Walt Disney's a jerk. Right? Like, some of his stuff from the 40s and 50s, you're like, you're an evil man. Man, this is terrible. Where, where did I hear this? I think it was, uh, this had to be a month ago or so. Sandra and I did this uh, uh, conference date night thing. You could hear this speaker. He was actually in Sioux Falls. Yeah. Um, but he was really funny. And I think it was him said a bunch of stuff about, like, what in the world was going on with some of these old movies, with yeah. some of these old fables? Like, yeah. all of the the rhymes that we used to say, he uh, went to bed and bumped his head and couldn't wake up in the morning. Yeah. Like, wow, I, how rude is that? <laughs> and, yeah, same idea, right? Oh. Like, what what's the ending of Dumbo? Like, you'll have to remind me. How uh, does it uh, even end? circus and, like, flies away. And but him and his mom are done, right? Yeah, like, there's mom, no. No, his mom, like, yeah. dies. Yeah. It, Bambi, his mom gets shot right? in the face, right? And, you're, and I eat here. I live here, <laughs> but I'm still like, wow, that's poor wrong. Bambi. Aww. My favorite Disney movie is The Sword in the Stone. I love The Sword mm, in the Stone. That's a good one. And even that movie, like, there's this one part where uh, where Wart he gets turned into a chipmunk or a squirrel, mm. and he's with this female squirrel, and this female squirrel falls in love with him as a squirrel, and then he turns back into a human. And the female squirrel just starts crying because <laughs> her heart is broken. And I'm like, oh, Disney, what's your deal, bro? You ever think of, like, so the main character always has this incredible story, and it works out most of the time, and that's why we watch movies, because it works out. Yeah. You ever think of, like, what about that poor secondary character who was sort of, like, in the wake of the story of the right. main character? <laughs> yeah. Right. And, like... All of the sudden, they had this huge dramatic thing happen next to them or in their friend's life, and then they, like, have to just go back to normal, or they have to, like, pick up the pieces or something like that. I often think of that, like, let's go back to Avengers, Mm -hmm. and uh, so this huge fight is happening, and it's bad, and all that kind of stuff. What about the person who was driving and, like, something fell on their car, and they got to run away? Right. And sometimes I'm like, okay, so... You don't have a car anymore. Yeah. Like, you got to go file insurance claim and, like, yeah, an alien just landed on my car. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, like what if that was the only income? Like, they don't have money to buy another car. Right. Like, where's the story there? Right, exactly. There's. I would love to see <laughs> a, a movie based around the end of Avengers Infinity War. That would be fun. Where all of a sudden the snap happens. Right. And you see... A plane crash into a building. Yeah, what about all those and secondary then, characters? And then I'm just like, I'd love to see a movie about Dave the insurance guy <laughs> who's just like, 
And the, really? Right, right. Really? Come on, guys. We don't have money for this at State Farm. Or like, <laughs> what are we doing? How about like the janitor who's cleaning up and everything falls like right on yeah. the place that he just cleaned up? And like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> come on. I just cleaned that up. Oh, I would love that movie. Chunks of plane falling into your office right. building, and meanwhile you see like Iron Man fly by, and you're like, "Dude, just uh, I was in the middle of a I meeting. Was, Come on, doing? man. Let's get, let's get on this." Uh, but anyway, waiting. You're supposed to guess. Don't look at what uh, it is. That was rough. Uh, that that is a small animal snoring. That was a. Pig grunt. Mm. I don't feel like it sounded more like something like I was actually kind of thinking it sounded like a fart. Yeah, and I was kind of embarrassed. Yeah, a little bit. It wasn't I, me. I don't. I don't think this website is accurate in its sounds whatsoever. They have a couple of good ones. Shout out again to zapsplat.com. Zapsplat.com, where if you can you, get free sound effects. If you ever want to hear the sound of a really sad elephant, go ahead and <laughs> click on this. And here's of, the elephant. Uh, <laughs> of a elephant getting uh, eaten by, a lion. by a lion. But I am impressed with the fact that they have like 8 million of them here. That's kind of fun. Well, eventually when you have you know that many, all are going to be, some are going to be stinkers. That's true. So. You can't have them all be great. All right. What's this one? Okay. Doorbell. Doorbell. Got it. Nice right. and simple. All right. Maybe Fair we enough. should do that every time one of us makes a theological point. Right. Like, oh, that was it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, I, I really believe that uh, there are two sacraments in the Reformed faith. Oh. Ah, yeah. Yes, I agree yeah, with you. Yeah, yes. But don't you think that John Calvin didn't know what he was talking about? <laughs> I wanted to see your reaction on that one. <laughs> Jesse is a huge John Calvin I fan. Hey, John I forgot Calvin. to tell you this. I referenced you yesterday in oh, the sermon. Oh, good. In yes. A, what, what was said in such curious. a positive way. Yeah, right. No, really. <laughs> I, I said something along the lines of uh, my friend Jesse, uh, he likes to wear T-shirts. Like, that's just is what he is. Yep. And uh, oftentimes, those T-shirts will have a saying. Yep. And I referenced the, uh, there's a no selfie zone. I yep. remember that one. Yep. But then I said, the one that really sticks with me is uh, like a billboard that has a quote and then who said it. Oh, yeah. And yeah. this one says, I got this. God. God. Yep. And I referenced that when we were talking about authority because yep. it's a reminder to me, he's got this. Yep. And right. he is in authority. Yep. And now would be a great time to talk about what we talked about yesterday. Yeah. So just a quick mention, we talked about authority, uh, submitting to authority, which I felt like was a good timing, a God timing thing. Uh, didn't plan on talking about that like during the tumultuous season that our world is in over the last year or two years or whatever. Uh, but God's timing, it worked out or whatever. But I also was a little, I guess, nervous. Like I, I felt like I was on thin ice in some ways because that passage, as I was looking at this commentary, at that article, at this thing, all of those deals, that one has been incredibly used and abused mm. and also has been used as a launching pad for incorrect things mm. uh, in terms of, like, if I'm in authority and I want you to do whatever I say, well, it says right here in Romans 13, you have to submit to authority. Yeah. So whatever I say, you have to do. Yeah. And I feel like that is incredibly misconstrued. Like there's, you're missing the context. You're 
power, authority, all of those words aren't something to wield over people and like, hey, you have to do whatever I say. Right. But instead, there is something incredibly grace-filled about being a leader because then I referenced Paul says a couple times too, like uh, wives submit to your husbands, but that doesn't give the husband the right to be a jerk, to be uh, an ironclad leader kind of uh, fist thing or whatever. Mm -hmm. That means the follow-up of wives submit to your husbands is husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. That's a huge sacrifice. That's a huge uh, servant heart, servant leadership, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So all of that to say that's the passage we talked about, and I approached it, um, I hope, in a humble way, in a let's tiptoe into the water kind of way. Mm. Uh, but what I really, really referenced was that T-shirt. Um, yeah. well, because <laughs> you're, you're, you're welcome. Because yep. um, I love your T-shirts, yep. um, especially the Gary and Jesse Talk About Stuff podcast one. Which is still for sale, by the way. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Go on to ForAllWhoThirst.com. We have a whole order form. No, we don't, actually. Uh, but but we should. We should. But we should. We don't at all. <laughs> Hashtag, no, we don't. Um, oh, man. Paul didn't use exclamation points. Uh, the Greek language doesn't have exclamation points. And so what I reference a lot of times is, hey, if he wanted to get something across, if he wanted to say, hey, this is what you have to really pay attention to, then he's going to repeat it. Several times Several over. times. Six times in seven verses, he says, this is God's authority. Yeah. This is God's servant. God has established this authority. He says it over and over and over again, I think, to remind us this is God. Yeah. Like, the this was my big tagline. Hopefully somebody wrote it down. Even if you don't trust them, them being the leaders, whatever, whoever you're talking about, even if you don't trust them, you got to trust him. Right. And right. he is the ultimate authority, and so just be cool. Yeah, exactly. Does any of that make sense? It makes total sense. I mean, we, as leaders in whatever we lead, in one way, shape, or form, all of us are leaders. Mm-hmm. All of us are leaders, whether mm-hmm. it be... Gary and I as leaders of the church, whether it be you listening as leaders of the household, we're all leaders in some way. Right. And every leader is called to this same exact thing, which is to honor God and lead towards him and to do it uh, sometimes firmly but humbly. Mm. Uh-huh. And, and when we do that, even if people don't like our leadership style in whatever context, they can sure uh, respect the fact that our leadership is towards the end goal, which is Jesus. Absolutely, right? Um, and 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 then to reference that, to go further with him being the leader, yeah. he got down on his hands and knees and he washed the disciples' feet, for exactly. crying out loud. Like, that's the kind of leader we want to be, yep. uh, where you're serving someone else that way. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yesterday was really full. Um, I went over time, of course, because uh, how do you not in Romans? I just feel like... There's so much to say there, and we're kind of picking and choosing where we can. A yep. um, uh, little note to drop, March is going to be, we kind of, uh, in the Orange City campus, we tooled around with this a little bit, but it's going to be, quote-unquote, Romans leftovers, yep. uh, passages we skipped over, yep. uh, not only because we got a couple of guest preachers, and they can just kind of pick their favorites or whatever, but because there was so much. Um, I couldn't hit every verse. I couldn't hit every chapter. So we're going to hit a couple of other passages that uh, come out of Romans. Yeah. There's some incredibly quotable quotes in there. Um, is there anything that can separate us from the love of God? Uh, we are more than conquerors. All of those kind of things. So a couple of those are going to get talked about. 
in the upcoming future here. But yeah, right Romans is full. It's a dense, dense book. It is very dense yep. book. Uh, what did you talk about last week? So yesterday, uh, yesterday uh, it was actually interesting. I was in Lamar's on classic pulpit supply. Oh, I forgot about that. And mm-hmm. but uh, Jamie and I taught on the same verse. I was right. in Calvin, and he was in. Living Water over in Sheldon, mm-hmm. and we taught on Luke chapter 23, because mm-hmm. the series we're in throughout the month, or throughout the 40 days of Lent, are the f- the words Jesus spoke on the cross, because mm-hmm. Jesus spoke seven different phrases on the cross, and each one of them has a very specific intent behind them. Mm-hmm. So we both touched on the fact that uh, Jesus' first words on the cross were not words for himself. They were not words about how angry he was. It was, forgive them, Father, for they do not know what they are doing. Mm. So his first words on the cross after hanging there and being shredded basically to death by being whipped and trying to struggle for breath are words of forgiveness for those who killed him. That's pretty incredible, right? And that's his first words on the cross are words of forgiveness. So really focused on how Christ... uh, uh, is our intercessor, how Christ, even today, those words are for us, and he is at the right hand of God right. pleading for forgiveness for right, us. Right. So that's what we talked about. And obviously that's going to set a pattern for the rest of Lent, right? Uh, yep. For the rest of understanding how far Christ went. So let's chase that for a little bit. Um, what in the world is Lent? Like if I'm going to use this word, if I'm going to toss this word around, what does Wikipedia tell me that Lent <laughs> is? Yep. Lent is a solemn religious observance in the Christian liturgical calendar. So it's a church calendar thing, right? It's something that has been handed down from generation to generation. Yeah, Lent started, you know, years and years and years ago, what, 3rd, 4th, 5th century? Mm -hmm. I don't even remember. Uh, But basically it's the 40 days before Mm -hmm. Jesus on the cross where we uh, prepare and remember uh, Christ's sacrifice on the cross. It's a way for us to be in repentance, be in... uh, celebration it's a way for us to just prepare our hearts mm-hmm. for christ's sacrifice and so not necessarily something that christ said this is lent or like something that he observed himself but i would say the church that we exist in has taken a lot of the meaning of what christ did of all what the old testament was and sort of added that into the understanding of Lent, of making it a deeper significance, right? Because as I'm looking at uh, some of the basic facts of it, it's 40 days. It's always 40 days, right? And and that replicates replicates Christ's sacrifice. uh, It replicates his withdrawal into the desert for 40 days. Um, 40 days is just a huge sort of Easter egg, right, for just a huge big deal in the Old Testament. Um, 40 in the ark, right, or rained for 40 days, 40 nights, a whole bunch of that kind of stuff. So there's just all kinds of these little things that are meant to remind us, meant to point us back to what Jesus has done, is doing, and is going to do, right? Yep, absolutely. And so all of it is beginning on Ash Wednesday. Uh, Ash Wednesday is something that uh, some denominations actually hold a service, um, hold a special uh, gathering together where you can have ashes on your forehead, correct? Yes, that's exactly it. And that's part of the remembrance that Christ died, obviously, so the ashes are death. Mm-hmm. 
and also the remembrance that it doesn't end there because obviously the ashes wash away, right? Yeah, it's it's a really cool thing that uh, that we can do, and and we don't do it in the Reformed tradition necessarily, although mm-hmm. we may. Um, ashes historically throughout the Bible have been used to express grief. Right. You know, you tear your claws, you tear your clothes, and you put ashes on your head. It says right. that repeatedly, especially with David and the Psalms. Mm-hmm. And so, in that way, it also connects us with our our brethren and sistren from thousands of years ago and that we are also mourning for the death of our Savior. Mm -hmm. But it's important to remember that that mourning only lasts for a time because Easter is a period of joy. Right. Because he didn't just die, he was resurrected and ascended. And I think that's where we really want to hit hard, right? That it doesn't end in this grief. Um, What about giving stuff up for Lent? I hear some people do that. Um, Go for it is always sure. my kind of language. Uh, there's nothing that says you have to. Right. Uh, nothing that says you need to. Uh, it's can be thought of as a spiritual discipline because fasting is, of course, a spiritual discipline that many have celebrated or used throughout the church uh, history. Mm-hmm. But my uh, sort of advice on that is usually, okay, that's great. Give something up. But be incredibly present to and be incredibly purposeful with what it fills back up like what fills your time or what fills your stomach or what fills your attention like yeah give your phone up um stop facebook for 40 days or whatever but then what do you spend your time doing right or stop eating chocolate but then okay then do you just eat something else like the point is Fill it back up with something holy, right. uh, lowercase h. Uh, fill it back up with something righteous, with something good. Because uh, I always reference Christ's uh, parable, uh, Christ's little story that says, yeah, you can sweep out uh, this room, but then twice the amount of demons are going to come back in mm-hmm. or whatever the exact wording was there. Mm-hmm. But, but don't you think that's an important sort of reminder to... Yeah, go ahead and give something up, but be purposeful on what you fill it back up with. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the general rule of thumb is that anything we give up, any quote-unquote fasting, is generally done to remind ourselves that when we want that thing back, it's time to pray. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the Mm -hmm. general rule. So I would always say if you're giving something up just to give it up because tradition says that you should, Mm -hmm. well, that's that's kind of legalistic, and that's a law. Right. Right. Uh, that that has nothing to do with spirituality. However, right. if um, you're giving it up intentionally and every time you want that thing, you spend time in prayer or in the word or whatever, right. then absolutely go for it. Yeah. You know? so, and, and this is a great time to try that, right? Yeah. And to experience that because, yeah, the other side of it or whatever is, hey, look at what he gave up for me. Exactly. Uh, Christ uh, did all of this work on my behalf, and obviously, yeah, if I give up chocolate for 40 days, it reminds me mm-hmm. a little bit of what he gave up for me. So there's certainly practices that you can partake in. Um, in the Reformed view, uh, which we exist in, there's nothing that says you have to. There's nothing that says you can't. Uh, so kind of somewhere in that middle ground there, understanding that it's all about Jesus Christ, that it points to him. It has to point to him. Uh, if it's not him then it's not gospel and shy away from that. Um, but just keep him at the center point of whatever your reminder is this season. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done it in the past. I don't think I did it this year. Uh, but start like a uh, Bible study or start a, a reading plan of some sort uh, where you read 
X amount of chapters, and so you end up on the Easter passage on Easter Sunday. Uh, do something like that. Just find something that connects you with Christ, right? Yep, absolutely. And there are multitudes of ways that you can get. Oh, man, yeah. I mean, anywhere from just sitting down and reading Scripture to saying a prayer to opening a devotional to even having a conversation with a friend. Right. You know, uh, whatever it is, just do those things yep. uh, to remind yourself of Christ. Find a way to do that. Yep, exactly. Perfect timing. Well that done. That's a good one. Well done. That was cool. Thanks. That was cool. Uh, what's coming up in Sheldon? What are you going to talk about for the next little bit? So the next uh, thing we're going to talk about is Jesus' second phrase, which is, I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. Um, and what we're talking about is basically right after he gets hung on the cross, he's between two criminals, and, and this guy says, uh, you know, Lord, can I be with you? And mm. Jesus gives him the promise of yes. So we're going to be talking about Christ's uh, sacrifice, how his sacrifice is guaranteed to bring us salvation, mm. not by any work that we did, but by his promise alone. Amen. So, yep, that's what we'll be talking about. And those sayings of Christ, the words of Christ, goes on until Easter, correct? Yeah. Because he has seven yep. sayings yep. and seven last words kind of thing. Yep, seven different sayings. And I I always find that interesting how, uh -huh. how uh, you know, not every gospel has all seven. Mm. There's, I think John has two that none of the other gospels do. I think Mark has one. Mm -hmm. And so all seven different sayings at different parts of his time on the cross, and in a way that only the Holy Spirit can do, he uses all four gospels to give us a complete picture. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yep, that'll be it. That was awful. What was that? Typewriter? I was hoping for something more there. What was that supposed to be? Retro video game cartridge being removed from the console. I am a video gamer, and I've never heard that sound. I really wanted to have, like, why is it just, these are just games this, being removed. I don't agree with all this, those. This website is, <laughs> what is that? That was buttons being pushed. This I was hoping is for slowly like becoming terrible. No, it's fine. <laughs> we still like it. <laughs> Jesse, ben. they are one of our primary. Well, okay, maybe not. <laughs> we don't have any supporters. But if they weren't supporters, these are ones that we use. So that. don't break our relationship with the fact that I'm using this website. What you just said there reminds me so much of selling when, out of when a dad is sitting there and <laughs> and the heater is going out and and everyone's like dad is cold in here. No, it's fine. It's fine. The heater works fine. Put on a sweater. We like this. Like that's that pretty good. Exactly what happened. Oh, uh, no, we like it. We like it. You're going to like it. This one is going to be so much fun. I'm excited for this one. No, it's fine. <laughs> we like it. This is this is good. Wild animal growl, comma, could be bear. <laughs> so whoever whoever had like the the microphone, like they're going around and making all of these things. And, right. Uh, they walk up to ah wild animal, yeah. <laughs> and they're holding the microphone at an arm's length or yeah. something. Like, let's get the sound, Jim. Get the sound, Jim. There's some in Hit the bushes. Hit record. There's some in the bushes. I don't know. It don't could know. be a bear. It could be a bear. 
It's probably like a rabbit or yeah. something. Yeah, it's secretly. It's but like that's the growl. That's the growl that we oh, get. That's funny. That was really good. Yeah, I like that one funny. a lot. Well done. Thank well you. Done. Um, what else do we have to talk about? What you guys doing in Orange City this next? Oh yes. Weeks? Uh, we're still in Romans. Um, this is actually February ends the. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? The sequence mm-hmm. of like going in order, so to speak. March starts the Romans leftovers. They Everybody just gets to pick their favorite out of order or whatever. So we did 13 last week, so we're on 14 this week. And I've titled this one simply, You Do You. Uh, Romans 14 is a lot about don't pass judgment on somebody because they don't eat this, because they don't eat that. Um, you do you. Uh, understand that your relationship with God has this personal level to it. And if you're good with God, if this is what he's asked you to do, to not eat this meat, to actually eat this meat, whatever, Mm -hmm. that's on you. Uh, You have that. And then, so there's an element, I think, in there of, like, confidence in Christ, uh, being good with what he has asked me to do. Like, I know I'm good with him, so we're good to go. And then the second element of that is don't take advantage of that. Uh, don't be like, hey, I can do whatever I want because Christ said is good or whatever, like it doesn't bother. But you've also been asked to not cause someone else to stumble, uh, to recognize that you're a part of something bigger. So, yeah, you got the green light to eat meat if you want to eat meat. But if that causes your brother to stumble, why? Just just don't do it then because it's not important to you. So you got to know your priority list, like, hey, I can give on this a little bit because I know it matters a lot to you. Mm-hmm. Like, understand that priority level. Somewhere in there is where we're going gotcha. in Romans 14. And it's, I, I like the phrase, you do you. Um, figure it out. And, of course, that has so many implications for this world, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, like, wear a mask, don't wear a mask. Um, do uh, something for Lent, don't do something for Lent. Uh, whatever road you want to chase there something along the lines of let the holy spirit speak to you right let the understanding of i have a responsibility to my brother to not help them to stumble or cause them to stumble all of that has to be in your thinking of what you do or what you don't do so somewhere in there yeah no that sounds good i mean it's it's such an important reality in our current context right it's somewhat it has to be based around yeah, this is this is what I can do, but don't cause your brother to stumble at right. the same time. Right. That's an important takeaway. Man, you had a good line there, and maybe I can chase that. Um, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Right, right? exactly. Yeah, yep. all of that. Mm. That is appropriate. You like that one? I like that one. We used to have a toy when I was a kid that was a slide whistle. Oh, we yeah. We all the time. I remember that. Yep, Almost like a trombone great. kind of feel. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was wonderful. That was, uh, we got really serious about that for a we second. We did. Like, like that that one. was good. That one. That one I actually like. That one. That uh, Let's get behind that keep one. Keep that one. Yep, we're going to keep that well one. Well done, slide whistle. Okay, good job. And then back to fail. <laughs> then just uh, just complete nightmare. Just <laughs> you liked that one for a second. I could tell. You like oh, one, oh, uh-oh. You had one job, website. Uh, one job. This one um, is a CB radio, male voice, comma, could be a police
I thought it was the drive-through. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. I would like a, uh, I'd like a large uh, Coke with yeah. a side order of fries. Yep. Yes, and exactly. I, yeah. And a Big Mac. Yeah. Yes. Okay, full yep. ahead. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I, I, I feel like that one actually works pretty good. I swear they don't. They don't actually know what you ordered. I think they just give you what they think that you want. I saw this article. Like, why in the world can we? carry around technology more than what they sent a man to the moon with mm -hmm. like my phone can do incredible things that that space shuttle couldn't do yeah why in the world is elon musk figuring out how to get to mars yeah why in the world do we have cars that can run on other kinds of electricity and we can't figure out a drive-through microphone. Seriously, come on. Seriously, dude. Figure I'm, out a drive-through microphone. I'm with you 110 percent because every single time I go through, you know, a drive-through at Arby's or whatever. Especially now that you have to, oh, like all the time, right? It's terrible. Come I'm on. Just like, hey, I'll have the the roast beef and cheddar. You get six chicken strips and a ranch sauce, and you're like, this ain't right. But, hey, whatever. I'm not yeah, waiting 40 uh, okay, minutes again. Right? That's fine. Oh, my goodness. Why can't we figure that out? First world problem. Yep. Well, that was apparently the English bobbies are coming to arrest us, so that's cool. Hello, we got to get off the air. <laughs> German ambulance. It was a German ambulance. Yeah, the Germans, yeah. I feel like we are jumping the shark enough where we have to be done. Yeah, was um, the ambulance. There is a beanbag tournament this Friday at the Orange City campus. Don't forget to sign up for that. I believe it's on the Facebook page for who to email uh, to get uh, registered for it or just show up, I think, would be okay, too. Uh, that's on Friday. Um, I don't think there's any other, like, huge events this week coming on. Uh, Children's Ministries continues on. Mm -hmm. uh, keep praying for uh, Sheldon and Orange City as we continue to train up children in the way they should go. I saw a snowball fight Ooh. was happening in the back there. Uh, fake snowball fight. Nice. Uh, was that last week or a couple weeks ago? Well that's done, children. Way to be clever. Well done. Yep. <laughs> uh, anything else? I think that's it. Keep your leadership in prayer, and hopefully we'll see you on Sunday. Absolutely. Yeah, the Germans. Ah, come on, uh, Gary. The Germans. I almost had it. Yeah, the Germans would have fixed I it. I love German accents. There it is. <laughs> I love them so incredible.